0: You are listening to A Minute of Your Time, a podcast helping entrepreneurs legally protect their passion and profits. I am Shay M. Lawson Esquire, your host, and I am an IP attorney with over 10 years of experience helping entrepreneurs and entertainment professionals legally protect and scale their businesses to the next level. And that is exactly what this podcast is all about. On each and every episode, I will give you tips and resources for you to be able to grow your profits and protect and create a legacy that is one that you will have for generations with your business. I will pull stories from the headlines. And we will also have a social minute that as we grow and impact our businesses, we are also growing and impacting our communities and taking just a minute to be the change we want to see around us. I'm so happy to have you here. If you have not subscribed yet, please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're on Anchor FM, drop me a voice note. Without any further ado, let's go ahead and hop on into this week's episode. Welcome to episode 25 of the Minute of Your Time podcast. I'm starting a new series. I will tell you all about it. But just know that we are starting the series this week with David Tan, who is the founder and creative director of Tantrum Agency. In just over 15 years, David has launched brands for Abercrombie and Fitch, designed record-breaking holiday campaigns for Bath and Body Works, managed packaging for Kohl's department stores, and even revitalized the Oshkosh Bagash clothing brand. He's directed e-commerce for Carters and unveiled the new identity for his hometown NBA basketball team, the Atlanta Hawks. And just two, three years ago, he branched out on his own after working with the Hawks to start his own agency, the Tantrum Agency. And you will hear all about it on today's episode. So let's go ahead and dive on in. Yay! Welcome to the show, David Tan. Clap, clap, clap. Like post production. Like I always say that I'm gonna do that in post production, but I don't. If you're out there listening and you are sad that I never actually add those like little artificial crowd noises in the back, just let me know. Drop me, you know, a voice note on Anchor.fm and say, "Shay, we want the post production sound, and I'll add it."
1: (laughs) Can I just do that right now? (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, tell me right now, do you want the post-production sound?
1: Yeah, I I, I feel like I should get the post-production on my, on, on, I feel like, I I don't want you to feel, I don't want to feel shorted, Shay, like we should, we should get the (laughs) post-production.
0: All right, fine, fine, the, all right, you guys heard it, uh, hopefully (laughs) it, it doesn't sound like trash when it's added in, let's leave a blank space right now, and welcome to the show, David Tan. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. You guys, I have honestly just been busy. And so the last episode you will have heard from me was about Issa Rae and, um, how she made multiple passions make sense and how you can do that as an entrepreneur. And I'm gonna start a new series and David is my first guest on the new series where I will be interviewing a few of my clients to really talk about what works for them their customer journey. Of course, we're going to talk about working with me because, hey, this podcast is about legally protecting your passions and profits and they wouldn't be my clients if I hadn't done so. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. But I also want to get into meat and potatoes for entrepreneurs, just like you hearing it directly from entrepreneurs about how they've built their business, how they've got clarity around their businesses, and how they've elevated and optimized their businesses. And that is the CEO mindset. When you have that clarity, when you elevate, and when you optimize. And so David, as I mentioned in the introduction, is the owner of the Tantrum Agency. David, number one, welcome again to the show. Number two, give us your one-minute elevator intro to what the Tantrum Agency is and what they do.
1: Um, Awesome. Thanks. First, thank you for having us, Shay. I'd say Tantrum Agency, we're a boutique, uh, branding, and creative consultancy out of Atlanta, and uh, our specialty is listening to our customers, understanding what their business objectives are, and finding a way to take that and emotionally connect with whoever their consumers are. Um, And I say emotionally connect because that is the key, because 90% of what's out there in the world, we actually don't physically need. Um, But the way that brands communicate with us makes us feel as if we do. And so our job is to be able to tap into that and get our uh, clients, customers to click, buy, purchase, follow, like, whatever the case may be.
0: So for clarification, when you're getting me as the consumer to click, buy, engage, the role tantrum is playing is visual. So is it packaging? Is it website? What
1: does that look like
0: in in a tangible product or service?
1: Uh, It's all of it. I think that, um, you know, branding is the way, um, you know, a company communicates with its customers. So the visuals for sure a part of that but it's also the voice you know like what does that brand sound like Um, what does that follow-up email read like how does how does that um so it, it can manifest itself in multiple ways um you know obviously website packaging uh people the obvious thing is people always think about logos even though it's much more than that um typography um even just down to something simple as like cadence like how often am I talking to you? Um, you know, the right, the, the, the very thoughtful, uh, brands, the ones that are doing it really well, they take all that into consideration.
0: I love it. So tell me your favorite client project
1: to date. Uh, I honestly, I mean, that's a tough one because I love them all for different reasons. Um, I can tell you the ones that I think people probably are drawn the most to, but they're not necessarily the ones that I, not that they're not my favorite. It's just that, um, you know, they're different aspects of different things. Like I think we've been getting a lot of press off of the work that we did with the Atlanta dream and that rebrand. And, you know, we got to work with the NBA and the WNBA um, and the Atlanta dream organization to do that really quickly. Um, I think the full, Rebrand, start to finish, was I think we did it in like two months, two, between two and three months, which is is crazy. Um,
0: and what all did yeah. that include? Did that include like jerseys or signage, or what? What did that actually include when you're talking uh, about doing so, a rebrand?
1: So for them at the time when I started, this was about two years ago. Um, they were in the process of moving to a new facility though I didn't know that so they didn't tell me I didn't I wasn't aware of, of that um but I just knew that they were you know trying to reposition the team and um you know the team had been around in Atlanta for years but it just wasn't necessarily like people didn't really it wasn't really the brand wasn't resonating and it wasn't really kind of relevant compared to set up the their male counterparts so um for me it was really more coming in and i was adamant i was like nobody is going to treat you the way that we will treat you like we have to do this project because um they're just represented so much that i believe in. like i felt like they're a world craft organization and you know you look across all the women's sports and just it's just it's, it's a fact you know like they're not treated with the same respect and and that goes all the way down to the identities. And so it's like if someone's going to do your identity, we I want to make sure that the identity competes with everything that's happening in the city, um, and that is just as cool. And and most importantly, it's something that people will want to wear because that's how you show your fandom. You know, like you know someone's a fan of the Falcons because you see them rocking the hat or the jerseys or the T-shirt or the whatever. I was like, if your identity is ugly nobody's wearing it how (laughs) do I show that I'm a fan you know what I mean because it's like even if I if I'm rocking with your team I'm not wearing that you know so so that was a really key component uh for us and so it was repositioning them um and making them relevant and making them hip and cool and um slightly changing the colors or just modifying the hierarchy of it um where before the powder blue was a very dominant color and we sort of made that an accent color in the current identity um and then just giving them something that was more assertive more aggressive more graphic um and that had a kit that like they could use patterns they could use super graphics they could mix and match and and stuff like that so it was always dynamic and i think the coolest part about that, is like we hand over brand guidelines. I mean, it's been almost it's been over a year and a half, but right now, and everything that you've seen come out of the organization wasn't done from us. It was done from their internal team. But and so every time I see something, I was like, oh man, I wouldn't have done it that way. But that's dope the way that we they took that kit and and made it their own. Um, so that's that's one that's like really popular um, that we've been getting a lot of press off of, but there's stuff like I'm doing a civil engineering firm right now and like I'm super geeked about that because it's like um, something that would be considered uh, mundane um, and how we take that and make that hit cool relevant um, and we're doing it and so you know that'll roll out in the next two weeks um, and and that's a really fun one. So you mentioned
0: a few things in the beginning about how you make consumers feel when you were talking to on the dream and how you wanted to make them feel or how the agency was going to make them feel. And you said, nobody else is going to work with you in this way. Nobody else will engage with you in this way and giving a really unique feeling and a a unique perspective for specifically working with the tantrum agency. How did you determine first the agency name? And when you talk about being hip and being cool and being relevant and wanting people to align with you in your agency, it seems like the first job is being done with the agency itself, ensuring that your clients uh, feel like you are hip and aligned and they want to align with you. So how did you determine the agency name and then the brand elements with the skull?
1: Yeah, so It's interesting, you know, I had I had a couple names kicking around in my head and for whatever reason. um, Once it started getting real and I was like, "All right, we're really about to do this, those names that I had in my head weren't really resonating with me. And somehow, some way, like, you know, you know, I'm very much uh, when I'm working on a project, uh, particularly like creatives, you'll see creatives do this like I'll do other things. Like, I won't like, like, I'll work in, like, when I first started off on my own, I started working in the garden a lot because it's like that mental break allows other things to sort of present themselves while you're not focused on that one thing. And so, t- Tantrum somehow, some way came into my head. And I was like, all right, that's it. And it was really weird because when I first started to say it, I didn't really like it because I didn't like that people would think that it was specifically my name. And so people, like, there was a debate that I was having with some friends. It's like, well, do you put two N's in it? Because my last name has two N's. And I was like, no, that would be whack. Like, that's going to be cool for, like, <laughs> six months. <laughs> but, but, like, in eight years, if I'm trying to, like, in eight years, if someone's like, yo, like, they're, like it's just, it'll be whack. Like, no, we're not doing that. Um, and funny enough, I sent the name to a, a friend and, who I really, really, truly respect. Um, And he said, you know, this could be perceived in a negative light because, you know, tantrums are associated with, you know, children and and acting out. And are you sure that's kind of what you want to do? And I was like, all right, cool. I can respect that. But what that did was it didn't make me necessarily move off the name. It made me get better about sharpening what it meant. So in the beginning, I wasn't really great at articulating what it meant. And so his challenge to me basically, or what he said to me about, you know, being perceived negatively, it was like, okay, cool. I need to do a better articulating the story. And so it forced me to go back to the drawing board and, and really dig as to why did I like the name? And the reason why it resonated with me is because a tantrum could be perceived as negative. He was right. It could be, but what's the difference between a four-year-old when they want that Snickers bar, that candy, that toy, that whatever the case may be. And a 22 year old who's sitting in line for three days because they want to get the newest pair of Yeezys. Or a bunch of adults who are fighting back in the day on Black Friday when Walmart opens up their doors because they're trying to get TVs on discount. And it's like, we associate, we say this one's negative and this one we are okay with but they're really the same emotion. And so tantrum for me was like, yeah, we want to get people to do that. Like we, we are, we've we been doing branding for so long. We are so adept at it. We're so good at it that we can make people act that way about you. Are you in? Yes or no? You know, and it became very easy because it's like, oh yeah, we want people to love our brand like that. We want people to stand in line for three days for our brand. We want people to like fight over you know our merch you can do that for us yeah we can do that so then it became very easy so something that stood out in the story
0: that you just told is that you ask for feedback and a lot of entrepreneurs do that in the beginning you have maybe you're in a mastermind or you have uh, people you trust in your circle and you ask for feedback and you receive feedback and it did not make you change the path that was in your gut, that was in your instinct, but instead you allowed it to challenge you to really articulate your story better. And so you parse through all this. And for those of you who do not know, uh, Tantrum's statement is get noticed, stir emotion, And move people. So when you talked about that multitasking for clarity and being in your garden, but then also working through these different perceptions of a tantrum and realizing that that's how you want Um, your clients, customers to interact with their merch or their product or their services. Did you do that same kind of multitasking to get down to that clear message of get noticed, stir emotion, move people? Or how did you break down all of those thoughts into that clear, concise mantra?
1: No, the the hardest part actually was figuring out the story. The hardest part was in the beginning, you know, my friend's name is Jeff. Um, in the beginning, when Jeff challenged me on that, and it was dope because it was like, you know, you have to think about these things like the consumer. Jeff didn't know all the things that were going on in my head, you know? And so what I was saying to him, he was like, this is cool, but it doesn't really make sense. So it just made me go back I'm like, all right, cool. I got to be better about what I say. Once I figured out the story, The tagline and all that other stuff actually came relatively easy because at the end of the day, all that tagline does is break down what the story is, what we're trying to do. What is it? We're trying to get noticed, which is why a kid will act out is because they're trying to get your attention. Like I'm feeling a certain way, pay attention to me, right? We're trying to stir emotion, which is why I always talk about emotional branding. And to me, that's my point of differentiation. So a lot of firms aren't talking about emotional branding. A lot of firms aren't talking about how they emotionally collect. They'll talk all day about analytics. They'll talk all day about what they're reading in social and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's cool and all. But like, there's certain things in design where it doesn't make sense. Like, this is just dope because it's dope. Like, you can put all the numbers you want to at the end of the day in the back end, blah, blah, blah. But like culture moves based off of what is cool and what is, and this is what I feel, and that's where we want to be. So, so we want to get noticed. You know, we want to stir emotion in people. And once I stir that emotion, now I want to move you to some sort of an action. And so um, it just became very easy once we kind of got to that point. Um, the other thing that you asked about was the skull logo, which I forgot to mention. Um, so we had the name, you know our agency we're up will be three in February, and we had the name, and we had we we rolled that out, and it was a year and a half before we had any kind of icon or marks or anything because we were still we had the tagline, all that stuff from the very beginning. Um, and it was a year into like really um, feeling out who we were, how we were communicating to the customer and when we finally got like confident in it. And once that happened, um, I reached out to another designer because sometimes the hardest thing to do is do stuff for yourself. Mm. And so, um, you know, it's almost like the cobbler has no shoes because I'm so busy making shoes for everybody else. Like I don't mine are busted, you know what I mean? Like my toes are out. And <laughs> and um and it was the very same thing with an identity. It's like, you know, I was so busy focused on trying to deliver for my clients, I needed someone to objectively deliver something dope for us. So I reached out to a guy named Scott Fuller. Um, shout out to Scott Fuller at the studio temporary, um and talked to him about the concept and was like, yo, just come back to me with some ideas. And He came back with three really cool ideas, and the skull as we know it actually wasn't one of them. It was a face. It was similar, um, but it was slightly different. And so I was like, hey, can we make a, like, it was a face, it was the same basic concept, but I was like, hey, can we make like a a character set out of these? And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, can we make like, you know, like emojis, like uh, emotional expressions, and he's like, yeah we can do that and um he came to the office like say that was a Friday night he came to the office on Monday we had scheduled our celebratory lunch um and we he laid them out it was like 17 of them on the table and we looked at all of them and we're like which one is the one and we're like ooh, that one he looks like he's been through some stuff (laughs) (laughs) and um and that was it that's that's how we that's how we selected it
0: I like the cobbler has no shoes and recognizing in your business that you can't do it all yourself, but also realizing that you didn't have to figure it all out immediately. And a lot of people, when they're starting businesses, when they're launching new products, new services, they feel like, oh, I I need this logo, I need this tagline. So you heard it here. You heard it from David Tan. He does brand strategy and he went for a full year without a logo and a tagline and is running a successful business and you can too. You don't need to figure it out from day one, nor do you need to do it by yourself. And so that leads me actually to my last two questions. Um, I really, I wanna talk about, of course, our time together and you growing your team and not doing it by yourself and scaling your business and then eventually, partnering with me uh, on the strategy and legal side. And so I just want to ask you, what do you think is um, one of the biggest lessons that you've learned as you scaled your business? And um, I guess, what do you feel like you you gained from working with me as you've scaled?
1: Man, all right, this is gonna be loaded. I know we're on time crunch. There's so many different things to touch on. First, just to kind of touch on what you finished out with is like in branding the logo the identity represents the company not the other way around so for all those people that are that are listening to you the thing that if you listen to my story and this is the thing that i'll tell anyone you better have a good product first you better have a good service first if you have a good product and a good service people don't care what the identity looks like you know what I mean? So, like, if you think about Chipotle, Chipotle had the ugliest logo, uh, one of the all-time worst fonts of all time when they started out. And they evolved their branding as they grew. But people were rocking with Chipotle because they made good burritos. You know what I mean? And so, for us, it's like we wanted to make sure we were providing really good service and, and, and had it down before we actually really even thought about the identity. Um, and I would say that to anybody every single time. Um, because you can only fake it so long, you know what I mean? So like somebody might like your brand, but if you can't deliver on the service, they're not coming back, no matter how dope your logo is. That's a quotable. So, so, um, as far as working with you, the thing that has been the most important thing that I've learned over this time period is like, you're only as strong as your weakest link. You can't do everything in business. Um, particularly as an entrepreneur, you have to wear multiple hats, but at some point you got to start letting stuff go. And you can only do that if you trust your team. And you can only do that if you have really dope people around you. And I think um, the thing that's most important for me is that there's such a mutual respect in what you do and what you bring to the table that most of the time when we have conversations like, I'll come to you thinking that I have something and then you challenge me in a different way. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's the same way that like Jeff challenged in the initial name. It's like, it's enough where it's like, there's such a mutual respect that I need, I, I need to go back and sharpen this. I need to go back and think through this. Um, you know, and at the same time too, it's like being able to trust the people that you surround themselves, assembling a great team and letting them do what they do. And, um, And I think that that's really what our experience has been all about is, like, I knew, like, yo, I'm getting to a point where, like, this legal thing, like, if I don't figure it out, it's going to hurt me more than it is anything. And so, you know, I'm coming to you because I'm like, hey, like, Shay, I I trust you with this. Like, you come highly recommended. Like, what do you what do you want to do? You know? Um, So I think I answered the question. Um, Yeah.
0: I think that you can only have those people around you. I think it's a combination of things that really stuck out to me in your answers is, one, having a stellar service and two, um, trusting people around you and three, making sure that the people around you are Are stellar that they have the same standard of excellence as if you were doing everything yourself. And sometimes I think that's the hardest part of entrepreneurship because entrepreneurs, we inherently operate at a level of excellence that very few other people, (laughs) you know, meet us at and in order to really scale we have to trust other people and trust ourselves to let go and a part of that is really setting up the protections that the thing that we've built will not be pulled from underneath us that it won't be ruined by some oversight something that because we had so many plates spinning we didn't have time to do it so i think that that's also my favorite part of working with you is that you are so sharp and you challenged me there have been times where we've been talking about negotiating deals or structuring deals in a certain way. And you give me a what if that hasn't crossed my mind or you, um, key me into your industry in a way that I gives me more clarity in, you know, brand and strategy and marketing and advertising that I'm just not aware of as a lawyer and combining those two together to really get the best deal, get the best protections, get the best, um, you know, legal policies and arrangements and registration set up uh, is a, has been a great combination
1: working with you. So
0: I think on that note, I will- Well, hold
1: on, let me, let me throw wait. one more thing in there, oh, okay. like, um, because I think that that's super important. And, you know, I read somewhere that it's like, you are the average of the four closest people to you. Mm. You know what I mean? So if like, if you want to be stellar, you better start surrounding yourself with some stellar people. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's what our partnership represents to me it is really more, um, you know, I try to surround myself or be friends with or or put myself in the circle of people who I admire and who, you know, I feel like I have so much work to do. Like, I feel like I'm not there yet. I feel like, you know, I'm still, you know, in the beginning stages of whatever it's gonna be. and But I wanna surround myself with people who I think are excellent. Um, because you get the hate, like, you know, if you do that, then, then you're putting yourself inherently in that sphere. That's what that becomes the standard, Yeah, you know? And so, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, in closing for, for your group, like, you know, that's what you want to do is you don't want to, I don't want to be around a bunch of people who, you know, complain all the time or who don't have the same work ethic or, you know, who don't understand the vision, you know, like, I don't have time for that, you know, and so, you know, the, I told you a couple of weeks ago, the thing that I love every time I talk about you is like, you have such great energy. Every time I get off the phone, I'm like, yo, I'm am, all right, what's next? What are we doing next? You know, and, um, and that's important to me. And so, you know, I just want to say, like, in this time, you know, because this is your podcast, like, I truly thank you and appreciate that you offered that because, those are the intangibles. Those are the things that don't show up on the invoice. Those are the things that don't show up on the balance sheet. But those are the things that make all the difference in, in the world of business and in what we do because everything is so relationship driven. Um, and so, you know, that would be how I would end it. And, and you know, and I, like I said, you know, appreciate you having me and thank you for everything that, that you've done. And, you know, this is just the beginning.
0: Oh, thank you. My heart is so warm. My heart is so warm. All right, David, thank you so much for your time today. Um, Tell people how they can find you online.
1: Sure. Um, You can follow me on Instagram, um, tantrum underscore ATL. You can follow the agency at tantrum agency on IG. Um, Those are the places that we're most active. We're on every other platform, but you know, IG is the the main one to get us.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, have a great day, David, and I will chat with you soon.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Chef.
0: All right. Bye. Later. Welcome to the Social Minute. This is the portion in every episode where we take just a few minutes to talk about how we can impact the world around us and be the change that we want to see in the world around us. And this week's Social Minute is actually going to center around social media. Since 2020 and the pandemic and murder hornets and social injustice and largely just being in the house and not being able to operate in our normal day-to-day um, comings and goings as we used to. I think a lot of us are probably tied to social media, tied to our phones a lot more than we used to be. And so for this week's Social Minute, it will not cover any kind of current events because I know I personally feel a bit overloaded with the amount of information, with the amount of news, with the amount of bad news, with the amount of twists and turns that are going Every single week, every single moment, we know um, this is being recorded at the end of September and uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Ruth Ginsburg passed away. And such a significant loss for the legal community, for me as an attorney, for me as a female attorney, and a lot of the barriers that she broke down for women, uh, period, not just women in the profession and, and, and just in general for society as a whole. And having that on top of a lot of the election news and the really terrible negative ad campaigns that pop up everywhere that you see and a lot of the hard images of Black lives. Being taken or uh, mistreated on video, and a lot of the trolling and the hate, it can just become overwhelming. And so, for this week's social minute, I am going to suggest that you take a minute or two, or 10 or even 24 full hours to just take a break from social media, a break from content, a break from beating ourselves with everything that is going on, and take a moment to literally breathe, to literally separate ourselves from the whirlwind of information that takes us all under on a daily basis. Do something that brings you peace, whether it's a hobby, reading a book, simply sitting in silence, going for a walk. I encourage you, if you are listening to this for you to take some time away from social media and some time to pour back into yourself, whether it's in business or just for us to stay in tune with social events. I know it's hard for us to stay away from social media, but everything is best in moderation and a break is always something that brings refreshment and refillment refilling. And so for this week's social minute, that is what I will implore you to do is to commit this week to take a break from social media, just even if it's just for 12 hours or 24 hours to really rebuild and refill yourself. All right, you guys, that's it for this week's social minute. I'll talk to you soon. There were so many gems from recording this episode. I love talking to David. And if you listen to our interaction today that's literally how we talk to each other on every call and it's always super spirited and it really is invigorating like David said where we both get off the phone with the other person and it's like okay what's next what to do and some of the things that really stuck out to me about our conversation if we are talking about the CEO mindset is number one realizing that you don't have to have it all figured out from day two number two that being challenged in your mindset is something that can benefit you. Number three, from a branding and a brand design and connecting with consumers and building your business out standpoint is that you need to get clear on what are you doing and why are you doing it. When you are clear on those two things, when you can answer, those two things you can clearly communicate your brand story to clients to potential customers and bring them in and so those were such great gems for me and i think also so many people talk against multitasking and something i thought was really cool was david talking about how multitasking helps him focus it helps him get clarity in times of building our businesses, where we don't really have time to sit and have those quiet moments, although we need to build them in. We don't always have that luxury. And sometimes that when we are taking those moments to do things of self-care is when we have our best business ideas. And so for him, it was gardening and he got that clarity for his brand story there. And I just really enjoyed this conversation. I really hope that it is something that benefits you and your business as you are figuring it out. And the very last thing that I think that I want to bring up is the idea that you can have the sexiest marketing logo tagline, believe you have your brand story together. But if your actual service is trash, if your actual business is not together, it doesn't matter. You build good companies by being good at your business and all the other sexy things can come afterwards. And I think sometimes in a social media world, we are so engulfed in how things look and how things are packaged because people have been able to produce this beautiful design And they haven't really done the background work and the foundational work of building a solid business. And that is what this podcast is about. It's about helping you build those foundational parts of a solid business. And so I want to thank David again for coming on for his time. Please feel free to tell me what you loved most about this episode over on Instagram at Moment of Your Time Podcast, M O Y T Podcast. You can also drop me a note at Shaym Lawson. If you are not subscribed, stop playing with me. Go ahead, you know you love these episodes. Go ahead and click subscribe, leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, I am Shea M Lawson, and this has been a minute of your time.